Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep. Remarkable story of Chicken Little. Uh, this version first published in 1840. However, I did a little research and it turns out that this story is at least uh, 25 centuries old in various versions, which I think is a pretty deep, deep, deep amount of time. <laughs> 25 centuries? Apparently, there's a, a version that Buddha tells. Um, it doesn't have the same animals, but it has the same purpose. Uh, at least... Wow. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Well, um, you know, we all know Chicken Little has, among others, Turkey Lurkey, and turkeys are New World creatures, so Buddha's story is a different one. You've now just flummoxed me. If you would be so kind, Jesse, mm -hmm. let's hear the version, this American version of the story that you've got, and then tell us some of the background. All righty, here we go. Did you ever hear of Chicken Little? How she disturbed a whole neighborhood by her foolish alarm? Well, Chicken Little was running about in a gentleman's garden, where she had no business to be. She ran under a rose bush, and a leaf fell on her tail. So she was dreadfully frightened and ran away to Hen Pen. Oh, Hen Pen, she said, said she, the sky is falling. Why, Chicken Little, how do you know it? Oh, I heard it with my ears, I saw it with my eyes, and part of it fell on my tail. Come then, says Hen Pen, let us run as fast as we can. So they ran, till they came to Duck Luck. Oh, Duck Luck, says Hen Pen, the sky is falling. How do you know it, says Duck Luck. Chicken Little told me. Chicken Little, how do you know it? I heard it with my ears, I saw it with my eyes, and part of it fell on my tail. Oh, let us run, says Duck Luck. And they went on until they came to Goose Loose. Oh, Goose Loose, says Duck Luck, the sky is falling. Why, Duck Luck, says Goose Loose, how do you know it? Says Duck Luck, Hen, Hen Pen told me. Hen Pen, how do you know it? Chicken Little told me. Chicken Little, how do you know it? Oh, I heard it with my ears, I saw it with my eyes, and part of it fell on my tail. Run, run, as fast as you can, says Goose Loose. And away they went, till they came to Turkey Lurkey. Oh, Turkey Lurkey, says Goose Loose, the sky is falling. Why, says Turkey Lurkey, Goose Loose, how do you know it, says Goose Loose. Duck Luck told me. Duck Luck, how do you know it, says Duck Luck. Hen Pen told me. Hen Pen, how do you know it, says Hen Pen. Chicken Little told me. Chicken Little, how do you know it? How can I help knowing it, says Chicken Little. I heard it with my ears, I saw it with my eyes, and part of it fell on my tail. Oh, come, let us run, says Turkey Lurkey. And all, away they all went, till they met with Fox Locks. Oh, Fox Locks, says Turkey Lurkey, the sky is falling. Who told you, says Fox Locks. Says Turkey Lurkey, Goose Loose told me. Goose Loose, who told you? Duck Luck told me. Duck Luck, who told you? Hen Pen told me. Hen Pen, who told you? Chicken Little told me. Chicken Little, how do you know it? Oh, I heard it with my ears, I saw it with my eyes, and part of it fell on my tail. Make haste, says Fox Locks, and all come into my den. Fox Locks opened the door, and in went Turkey Lurkey. As she went in, Fox Locks 
locks bit off her head, threw it one way, and the body another. Then went in Goose Loose. Fox locks cut off her head and threw her in. Then came Duck Luck, for Fox did the same by her. Then came Hen Pen. Fox locks bit off her head and threw it one way and the body the other. Then came Chicken Little. Fox locks caught hold of her and ate her all up and then finished his supper with the rest. And all this from the foolish fright of Chicken Little. <laughs> well, that's not a happy ending. Uh, not for any of the, not for any of the uh, fowl. However, Fox Locks got a hefty meal. Quite the opportunist. Yes, I think um, there are many different endings of this story, um, including the one told by the Buddha. <laughs> Um, wow. Slightly different, right? The animals can be different. The uh, genders can be different. Um, but to me, the worst sin is when they change the ending and make it a happy ending or a soft ending is what I would call it. Um, where you don't see the consequences of foolishness, right? So if, if we were to give this story to somebody to translate today into modern... I don't know, 2018 political whatever, people would be maybe tempted, and I'm sure I've read, I know I've read versions where people have been tempted to soften the consequence. Oh, haven't you learned anything from this? Silly goose. <laughs> silly chick. Silly whatever animal. And it's kind of the same story as the boy who cried wolf, right? It's it's a different take on what direction it goes in, but if there isn't a harsh consequence, I don't think the story is as good, because that's the purpose of the story, in my view. I think that I think it has many um, implicit points, but all of them are dependent upon having that harsh ending. I I certainly agree. Um, the reason I say it has many. Uh, the contrast and comparison with The Boy Who Cried Wolf seems to me enormously illuminating. In both stories, here's a comparison. The the character who stands against society um, is a child. Everybody else is an adult. Mm -hmm. right? The Boy Who Cries Wolf says, you know, they're coming after the sheep and all the farmers have to come to protect their flocks. Um, the third time they don't come and the, the wolf gets to, you know, eat everybody. Uh, so it's a child versus adults. In that sense, it feels a lot like a traditional fairy tale uh, because we have the small protagonist. In the traditional world of fairy tales, there is a certainly in Grimm's Tales, a strong gender dichotomy. And we see here that same dichotomy. The boy who cried wolf does it because he thinks, oh, what fun it will be to trick everybody to come when they don't need to. Mm -hmm. He enjoys making trouble. Chicken Little doesn't enjoy making trouble. She's just wrong. She, in fact, is foolish. Uh, why she's foolish is another matter that I have some thoughts about. But the point is that the little boy and the little girl both suffer, 
But the little boy does it by attempting to be a trickster, whereas the little girl does it by not being sufficiently uh, well socialized. She's she's trying to be a good little girl, but she she just runs to talk to an adult. Uh, but it it doesn't do the trick, um, <laughs> the trick. So <laughs> we have this contrast and comparison here in a traditional fairy tale. The protagonist comes out OK, uh, certainly, as they say, the grim tales in this chicken little does not, nor does um, the boy who cried wolf. But the boy who cried wolf um, is not, I think, as useful for political purposes mm. as Chicken Little. As Chicken Little is structured around the problem of believing without adequate proof. Don't believe rumors. There's a 1943 Disney cartoon, which is available online, called Chicken Little. And it is clearly right there in the middle of World War II. It is clearly an argument that one should not, should not believe rumors because that could lead to your demise. And uh, it turns out that in the original version of the cartoon before it was released, the fox um, is actually reading Mein Kampf. So uh, Disney has really uh, used the the political possibilities of Chicken Little. Uh, I think it's more so than Boy Who Cried Wolf. Boy Who Cried Wolf is better at uh, trying to train people to be moral. This is trying to train train people to be skeptical. Yes. That's the word that I kept repeating in my notes starting on the se- uh, on page 3. How do you know it? Right. That's the word that comes up again and again is like, how do you know it? And the evidence is, well, this person told me. (laughs) And then we get the recounting, which is threefold, right? Three pieces of evidence. Uh, I heard it with my ears. I saw it with my eyes. And part of it fell on my tail. Um, Except that's not it's also like fallibility of 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 Chicken Little, who is a baby chick. Right. what what actually happened? She's in a garden where she had no business to be. She ran under a rose bush and a leaf fell on her tail. So, did she see the sky falling? Well, clearly not. She saw a leaf falling, didn't recognize it as such, and <laughs> heard it with my ears. What did she hear? The cluck uh, that she made when, when she, the leaf hit her tail? <laughs> Apparently that was what she heard. The sound of the leaf falling, maybe. I heard it with my ears, I saw it with my eyes, and part of it fell on my tail. This is such a political story. I was actually afraid, maybe we can't talk about this story, because it's so of the moment, right? (laughs) There's things going on where, um, in politics, that if if you just think about where's the evidence, right? Where's the evidence for this? you might have trouble, you know, not getting into a a political fight over, like, the meaning of whether we're in the Chicken Little situation, because this is actually something that American politicians use, or at least have used traditionally. I haven't heard it lately, but I also don't listen to them lately. Um, In uh, in political speech, they say, uh, you're a Chicken Little, right? You're making a big deal out of nothing. 
the sky, or they say the sky isn't falling, or they say the sky is falling, right? And they use it in a satirical way. Um, the idea of that the sky is falling, that the earth is coming to an end over some not piece of nothing, right? Is a very powerful argument because I don't I don't know that it's powerful because everybody knows the story, but obviously the story has resonance. It's been around, like I said, in versions, apparently for 25 centuries, 2,500 years. I think one of the reasons that it, it has such resonance, as with traditional oral folktales that Vladimir Prop tells us about, there is a structure here that grabs you, mm. regardless of what the content may be. In this particular instance... What I would suggest is that we could call this a structure of incremental repetition. Mm -hmm. with, with each movement of scene, we get the introduction of a new character, and we go back over what we've heard before and then add something to it. We go back over what we've heard before, and then we add something to it. We go back over what we've heard before, and we go back over what we've heard before, we go back over what we've heard before, and we add something to it. This incremental repetition has a kind of anticipatory mm -hmm. thrill for us. We see it in things like uh, the the log at the bottom of the sea. We see it in the 12 days of Christmas. And there are all sorts of songs mm -hmm. that use incremental repetition so that you get to the point where you think, oh, and what's going to be next? And what's going to be next? And then you see it and you have to remember all the way through it. And it, it generates a structure which has a palpable emotional truth for you. Mm-hmm. And it leads somewhere. And so regardless of what it is that began it, the experience of this incremental repetition gives the experience of the story a kind of emotional truth. It seems to me that's that's part of why politicians can use it, mm -hmm. um, because the truth of the hearing, the experiencing of the story stands against the foolishness of thinking, I mean, the sky can't fall, you know? I mean, we have, you know, Atlas holding up the sky and so on in Greek mythology, but I don't think anybody ever really thought that were it not for Atlas, there would be no sky up there, right? These are these are stories that we use for all sorts of things, how the, the, the tiger got his stripes. You mean without that, there wouldn't be striped tigers? Come on, you know, we all get it. And the sky can't fall. Um, this little chicky, um, something hit her in the tail, which is, if you've ever been in a barnyard, you know what happens with, I mean, that's how birds mate. Um, <laughs> right. So she's hiding under the rose bush, you know, an image that we've seen for romance and so on. It's, it's what protects sleeping beauty. Um, she's hiding under the rose bush. Um, but son of a gun, a leaf falls and hits her in the tail and she decides I've seen it. I've heard it. I felt it. Mm -hmm. Three things. And then each of those three things, it's repeated again, incremental repetition. So in one way we could just say it's, it's a fear of a little child. In fact, a little girl, as opposed to the trickster mm -hmm. boy, um, and then it gets built because how can you not believe this innocent little girl? And then each of the uh, subsequent people builds on it and it becomes more powerful. And since it is so well known, the mere allusion to it 
activates it as if it were true. Mm-hmm. This is like the, the structure of Proverbs, you know, all that glitters uh, is not gold. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if it's true or not, but I mean, probably, but all that glitters is not spilled milk has exactly the same grammatical structure. Right. <laughs> but it's silly, but it doesn't matter. It still sounds like a proverb. So what I would like you to do is tell me, first of all, if if what I'm saying about the, the dominance of structure here makes some sense. And if so, is this the structure that Booty used? Uh, yes, it's a fair. I'm fairly similar. I'm not. I was reading uh, the Wikipedia entry for Henny Penny, which is the uh, non-American, North American name for for Chicken Little, and it gave a, this claim. Versions of this story go back more than 25 centuries, and I'm like, what? And I clicked on the link, and then I'm like reading the the link, and it does. It has have a story of the Buddha telling story of a hare. Um, who has something calamitous happen to it, it thinks, and then that stampedes a herd of elephants, and right, all of this fuss, all of this danger out of a tiny little mistake, and Buddha says, well, isn't that weird? <laughs> it's basically saying, you know, be, keep, be calm about it. Um, I'm not reading it in the original uh, Sanskrit or whatever it's in, but... Um, mm. that's, that's my, uh, my shock and surprise that, uh, a story, I mean, I knew it was a folktale, but I didn't know it was, it was something this, this old. And uh, obviously this is, you know, they are all classifiable in many ways. And I, I have seen different versions that start with different, um, they usually start with a baby chick, right? Um, but I think what's so interesting is that I didn't notice it until, I'm reading it very closely that all of the birds are female and the fox is male and as we get that anticipatory um uh repetition as you're 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 pointing out rightly so um it's actually a snowball effect as well because it starts off with the tiny chicken and then it goes to a full-size chicken henny penny right or hen pen and then it goes to a duck and then it goes to a goose and then it goes to a turkey, and you're actually getting bigger and bigger birds, right? The physically sizing up as they go, and eventually we get to uh, another animal who obviously doesn't believe this story. If he believed this story, um, he would be a lot more worried about the end of the world that the sky is falling. <laughs> Instead, he says, oh, my God, this is a disaster. I know exactly where we can hide. Come into my... Right? And... Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. And it, it had me thinking about, you know, the word den, welcome to my den, a.k.a. welcome to my lair, right? Um, <clears throat> and and how, when whenever there is some sort of moral panic or some sort of... Um, just giant push in one direction in society, there are those who are so happy to step in and take advantage of it. There are those who say, this is my chance to shine. This is my chance to take advantage of this sort of giant blind spot that people don't see. And they do. They step in and they sort of grow in stature. uh, Or they 
get make a great meal out of it if you know what i mean yeah uh, and so it, i think that this is this is part of the part of the power of the stories it's, it's not that we can't we can't listen to children and take their uh take their words in but we also can't take their their words in uncritically right you you saw the skies falling okay what makes you think that the sky is falling well i heard it with my ears right um and this is you know if you've ever dealt and i'm sure you have i know you have dealt with little kids they burst into tears a lot easier than most adults do um and that's because you know to them everything's big Right. Everything's a big yeah. deal. And as we grow and we we read the story of Chicken Little, I think we sort of gain um uh perspective, I guess, on whether something is a big deal or not. And I, I think that the lack of of maybe I don't know if it's a lack of reading of short stories or the lack of reading of history or just looking at it from a massive perspective of, of time, people get very, very worried about very inconsequential things and that's the power of this story i think that is because the more we perseverate the more we we focus on some little thing um the bigger it becomes so the structure of incremental repetition in some sense resonates with the effect of being troubled by something and I can see why this would make a terrific story for Buddha, because what Buddha does is teach us how to let go, how to find peace mm-hmm. by not looking at the little thing. I, I would point out um, that the hare who begins all of this, mm-hmm. the hare is not a, a random animal in Buddhism. Uh, for one thing, as you know, um, those people who might see the man in the moon were they in the Western culture are much more likely to see the hair in the moon in Asian culture. But in the story of Buddha, and I, I get this, this is a, I don't know where it comes in. I'm not enough of a scholar of Buddhism, but I recall reading it in Hans Zimmer's um, philosophy of India and in uh, Tezuka Osama's, no, I forget. Is it Osama who does uh, that wonderful extended manga, the 11 volumes called Buddha. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry, I don't have the book in my hand at the moment, but it's wonderful. And and in it, the different animals, there's a place in the first volume in which different animals try to offer something to Buddha um, because Buddha deserves it, of course. And one offers this and one offers that. But the hare, the insignificant hare, has nothing to offer and so lies down in the fire, the campfire in front of Buddha and makes of herself a, uh, a sacrifice and indeed rises up and becomes celestial and is forever in the moon after that. So the idea of letting go to look at the larger picture is something that that is in the hair. Uh, interesting to me. The, the Buddhist version that you bring to our attention is meant to be a teaching for individuals, whereas this, in a way, is meant to be, a, that is the, the remarkable story of Chicken Little, is meant to be, I think, more a lesson for society. 
That is, don't let things build up, let one person after another, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, I, I, obviously, society is made of individuals, but I, I sense a difference here between the introspection that should come from Buddha's version of the story and the, the satiric, um, ironic hauteur that one might have in thinking of oneself as better than Chicken Little in reading this story. <laughs> I, I, I want to point out this. Uh, it, it is, I mean, it's not identical to story. Um, uh, I will read two paragraphs from it, the uh, Buddha's story. So Buddha tells the story of uh, some, the distant past. I'll just read a, a paragraph and then the ending. Their fear was infectious, and the other hares joined them until all the hares in the forest were fleeing together. When the other animals saw the commotion and asked, what is wrong? They were breathlessly told, the earth is breaking up, and they began, too, running for their lives. In this way, the hares were soon joined by herds of deer, boar, elk, buffalo, wild oxen, rhinoceros, a family of tigers, and some elephants. When the lions saw this headlong stampede of animals and heard the cause of their fight, a flight, he thought, the earth is certainly not, breaking, certainly not coming to an end. And then he goes through the how do you know it right S section of the story it doesn't have the accumulation in in the same way as this one does uh, so lovely on every page it just gets bigger and bigger and greater and greater but um at the end of the story uh it says at the conclusion of the story the buddha identified the birth and said quote at the time i myself was the lion <laughs> <laughs> we all can i think see ourselves as as chicken little at one time right <laughs> yes uh, let me ask uh the story that you've just uh, given us a glimpse of mm -hmm. it sounds like all of the animals certainly buddha who is human and therefore an interesting that he has to turn himself into an animal to be part of the story mm -hmm. um the animals all seem to me to be male. In the version we have of Chicken Little, all of the animals save the fox are female. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the male who takes advantage of the female. Right. Um, we don't know. We never get the, the adverb. Uh, we never get the pronoun he for fox locks. But when fox locks is dispatching each of the fowls, it says he bit off her head, he threw her body, etc. So right. we know that all of the fowls are female. Yes. And fox locks, I'm thinking, is male. <laughs> um, in the Buddha story, there's not a gender issue. There's only a class inch issue. The the stronger the animal, you work your way up mm -hmm. from the smallest prey animal to the most to the most powerful predator animal um, and along the way you include animals that are immune to that kind of issue like the elephants um, it's a genderless story in one sense or a male default story here we have uh, issue of male versus female and women look silly you know flighty little girl you know don't be silly you little woman um, I wonder to what extent what we're seeing here is um, just another glimpse of the patriarchy that yeah. is uh, part of Western culture. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, this is a hysteria story, right? Ah, yes. Named after the fake psychological problem of mm -hmm. the uterus moving around in a woman's body. Right. Perfect. Yep. Uh, I was surprised when you suggested that we read this little story from our youths. But coming back to it again, uh, I think we find there's always more to say. And remember, you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for Reading Short and Deep.